This week on the Montana Mint Sports Podcast, we talk about the basically season-ending losses for the Cats and Grizz last week, what we have to look forward to in the last three games of the season. We do some segments, and we also remember some fonder times as Cat and Grizz fans. Let's go. October 30th, and we are officially in mourning. We are mourning the 2018 season for both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies. I have Bear Tycoon with me. Uh, thoughts and prayers to you and yours. Oh, Nate, I am getting over a cold, getting over a Grizz loss, getting over the Broncos selling Damaris Thomas at the trade deadline, getting over a cut in the corner of my mouth so it hurts every time I speak. This has been a very, very challenging four days for me. It's been bad. It's been bad for for anybody who loves uh, Bobcat and Grizzly football oh and God. and loves their immune system to be healthy. It's just been a it was a tough weekend. Um, I don't think for some. I mean, being the eternal optimists that we are with our teams, uh, me more so than you probably. I mean, my head said that this season was probably going to go like this when you put a running back at quarterback, but my heart continually just thought, hey, maybe this is the week we put it together and resemble a playoff team. But no. I mean, I I hear this a lot, and I I get kind of pulled into this view too. Like, well, you know, we thought we were going to be like maybe fifth or sixth in the big sky, and, you know, this is – Hauk's first year, what can you expect? I expect more than this. I expect not to be ranked below Portland State in the standings. That one, that's sad. That is For both of us. It's so depressing. D- disclaimer, we're both ranked behind Portland State. And it's like, you know what? Like, I get that we weren't going to win the Big Sky this year, but it's just the losses, the way the Grizz have been losing is humiliating. And there's no there's no other way to say it. Like the playoffs are done, and we are now only playing for Cat Grizz and pride. Well, I I mean it's not like I'm gonna get a ton of pride for wins over Southern Utah or Idaho at this point. True. Yeah, I mean the, looking at the Grizz first, and I'm not picking on YM. They've given up in their last two games against North Dakota, UC Davis. They've given up, what is that, 90 points and scored 35? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like that, it's like, I mean, you and I, you and I were talking. Um, I, was, uh, I was obviously uh, out of the country last week, which is why I wasn't on the podcast. I got back uh, on Saturday. So I had the Montana State game on Pluto on the phone. And watching it, and we saw that the we saw the Grizz get up early, and obviously they went into the half leading, and then all of a sudden, about every five minutes, my phone would buzz with a score update from the Davis uh, Grizz game, and I could not believe what was happening in that second half of that game. It was unbelievable. This, I, well, because I, I don't thought think it was it's like, ever, I thought my phone was broken. I don't think it's ever happened before because if you look at, I mean, I come back and lose. You have UC Davis come back and win. That's that's one thing, but the way that they they scored forty six unanswered points in the second half, including thirty six points, thirty six points in the fourth quarter. Now, if we flash back to a stat that you just read, the Grizz have scored thirty five points over the past two games. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, if you look at, I, I've been googling for the most points in a quarter for the NCAA. I, for whatever reason, haven't been able to find it online easily, but I've found it for the NFL. 
There's not been an NFL team since like 1980 that has scored 36 points. It's only happened 36 or more points in a quarter. It's only happened like five times in the history of the NFL. And I mean, it, it is, that is a, a absolute, uh, just shit show. Like there's shit canning. It's a shit canning. Yeah. Like you can't, you can lose this game. <laughs> so, you can lose this game as a Grizz and as Bobby Houck and save face. Like, oh man, we blew a 21 to three lead. Like that sucks, but that, that happens every week in football, right? Every week yeah. in college football, blowing an eight point, 18 point lead happens. Uh, Giving up 46 points in the second half and 36 in the fourth quarter is humiliating. And now this just this just builds on a a three-game streak for the Grizz, a four-week stretch because we had the bye week where it's three of the most humiliating losses in yeah. in you know in my in time being a, sure. a, a Grizz fan. Having yeah. losing to Portland State. At Did home. you almost these two these last two losses almost make you forget about it? it? Was Portland State that started this thing? Yeah, well, what actually started it was me encouraging everybody in our newsletter to skip the Portland State game because it was such a no brainer win for the Grizz that they should go for a hike or take True. their their girlfriend. When, it was a, out. was that the wedding weekend? Yeah, was that the one where we said this is the perfect wedding weekend? That was the wedding weekend. We ah, we jinxed it. The curse of the it. wedding weekend. My God. It is. I mean, disaster. you honestly, you for, you forget about that Portland State game. People forget that the Vikings uh, came into U of M on homecoming and beat them. Uh, so I, I guess if there's, I, well, I think. I mean, I kind of did. So I think if there is a silver lining, is that the shit shows of the last two games uh, have kind of taken the <laughs> stink off of that Portland State game. So do you, you think have that to look was, at a silver lining? Do you think that was Houck's plan all along? It's like, all right, guys. It may have been because, like, the one thing is it's it's UC Davis who's unbelievable this year. Like. Number six in the country, uh, uh, an amazing story to, to to be a program like this. Uh, you know, they've perennially been kind of a joke. Um, you know, losing to them this year is not a bad deal, but to to really catch people's attention and distract them from Portland State, you had to go out and give let them score forty nine points. Yep. So the the crazy part was like the how quick they were scoring, and you obviously you have to if you're going to score thirty six points in a quarter, you got to be scoring really quick. So they scored, um, starting in the third quarter, they scored uh, a field goal with uh, 7.22 left in the third quarter, a touchdown with two minutes left in the, in the quarter, so about a five-minute streak, and then only about a minute and a half into the fourth quarter, they scored a touchdown, two minutes later, a touchdown, a minute later, a touchdown, two minutes later, a touchdown, and two minutes later, a touchdown. Yeah, well, can I tell you how that's possible? Because sure. here, here's the Grizz possessions in the second half of this game when they had a 93% win probability, according to ESPN, starting the second half. The Grizz went punt, turnover on downs, punt, punt, fumble, interception on one play, first play interception, interception on two plays, punt, punt. That's their That's second bad. half. That's not good. Um, one more just fun stat uh, that I was looking up earlier today on how shitty this game was. So UC Davis scored 36 points in the fourth quarter, as I've mentioned. That is more than 75% of all FCS teams scored in their game this weekend. Wow. <laughs> There's like 30-some odd teams that scored more than 36 points. And the, the crazy part is that in, it's like kind of muscle memory. Um, I was rooting against the Grizz, so I was absolutely loving this. And then kind of on the drive home from work tonight, I realized I should have been cheering for the Grizz this whole game because now at 5-0, and oh, there's no way to catch UC Davis uh, for, for, any, for either the Grizz or the Cats to catch UC Davis to try and get that conference championship. If you remember last year, I wrote that uh, article on how the Cats could still make the playoffs. Oh, I, I think remember. there was three or four. There's three or four weeks left. I was thinking about it today. I honestly, like UC Davis would have to lose against Southern Utah, Idaho. I'm sorry, that's the Grizz schedule. Uh, UC Davis would uh, have to lose their last three games, which I don't think is going to happen because they are freaking good. Yep. And um, so I should have been rooting for the for the Grizz. I wasn't muscle memory. That's my bad. Um, 
I would say, so UC Davis plays NAU and then at Eastern Washington, and now both of those teams are on their third string and second string quarterback, and then they play Sac State, who's just a shit show right now yeah. at 0-5 in the conference. It's not going to happen. Davis is going to go undefeated in conference. Ooh, I'll tell you what. I, I think they're going to lose one of these games. To who? I can't tell you to who. because I, I They're not know. losing any of these games. I think, I think they will. I'm going to do a very early in the podcast guarantee chain, the G chain. Ooh. UC Davis is going 8-0 in conference. Okay. Well, it complicates no way our, it. our record keeping, um, but that's Yes, fine. it does. Okay. <laughs> but do we care anymore? Like, do we care anymore about our records? I don't know. Like, in our betting segment? No, not even, like... It looks to me, as I see him scribbling in his notepad, that Jerry's pen isn't even working. So, I don't know how... Our scores are all screwed yeah, up. It's just a disaster. You know, and and we could we could kind of segue into the Montana State game because they're both the the Cats and the Grizz are now basically like we both playing for pride and playing for the Cat Grizz game. It's kind of like you and me trying to get onto this podcast tonight. We were like, well, shit, what are we podcasting for? Yeah, it's it's embarrassing. You know, so we know exactly what these players are going through, being the podcast athletes that we are. And we did it for you guys, and we did it for the love of the game. Yeah. And I think that's what our both of our teams are going to have to do in the next three weeks is go out there and play. And uh, I'm actually really sad when I saw this when I saw the score bug, um, the graphic that said the Cats only had three games left. I can't believe how fast this season has gone. I know. And for the past few years since we've started the newsletter and the podcast, it's like, well, you know, there's only three games left, but there's a there's a taste of playoffs. Like there might be playoffs yeah. at the end of this, and. It, it's so crazy. And last week, the fact that, I mean, I think I said on the pod last week that it was very unlikely the Grizz made the playoffs. And so we were basically able to rule out playoffs in mid-October, which is despicable. Yeah. And now we have, and now we rule it out for the Cats. So, I mean, if they win that game against Idaho State, totally. so we kind of go to that game, they're still in it. They still have a heartbeat. Uh, and for the most part, they played well. I mean, Idaho State has one of the top uh, offenses in the FCS, the Cats held them to 24 points, which is like 17 points under their total, their season average. Uh, outgained them. I mean, they played well. Their defense played really well. Like the defense was lights out. So proud of them. It was fun to see. And they are, again, a quarterback away from, from winning another game against a quality opponent. And it was so frustrating. Um, their offense was a little bit more fun to watch this week. I guess you could say they did take some uh, chances down the field. Anderson threw twenty-eight times, which is something we hadn't seen all season. But yeah. it's it I, feels I, like a wa- it feels like a wasted season right now after that Idaho State game. When that got over, this felt like a wasted season because the defense was on point in multiple games this year, and the offense couldn't get anything together. It's the opposite of the Prue Cop years when we'd score sixty and give up seventy. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if the the offense certainly looked improved, but. Anderson didn't look great still. He threw more, so he had No, he he's more, never going to. He had more yards, but like Matt Miller, the new uh, play caller for the Cats has gotten a lot of a lot of uh you know positive uh press following the game and it look this isn't his fault like he's coming into this thing halfway through the season but 5 it, days to prepare, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of like to me it's it's not that impressive that Troy Anderson threw for 170 yards because they increased the number of passes that he threw. Had he thrown 40 yeah. times in the game, he might have got like 250 yards. Like that, like the offense. It's not a, a. It's not a matter of like the strategy on game day. It's the fact that you have a linebacker playing quarterback. Well, I think, but I think there is something to be said about taking 28 shots where you are keeping the defense a little bit more honest. I mean, he he wasn't connecting on a lot of the passes. He had that one at the end of the end of the game that got them to within striking distance to tie it up. But I think that helps your running game when you're at least trying to throw the ball down the field. And uh, Afonso had 120 yards. Troy ran pretty well again. But, um, you know, I, I, I get made fun of for always saying, like, if only or hypothetically or if this would have happened, things would have gone right. But would you agree that the Cats were – a real quarterback, a serviceable actual quarterback who played the game, who was like came to college to be a quarterback. They were one of those players away from being a playoff team this year. I, I, I generally agree, but the fact that 
uh, where I mean, where did Rovig transfer from? Oh no, he didn't transfer. Rovig uh, was a recruit. Rovig from Idaho. was the recruit. Who Johnson was? Johnson came from Oregon. Okay, like the fact that they have these two guys on the roster and they lost out. Like, I mean, aren't they what you're talking about? Like, shouldn't they yeah, be well, the serviceable quarterbacks? Yes, they both should have. And Rovig would have been. I believe Rovig would have probably started the what game was that? Idaho game. Yeah. Um, had he not had a season-ending foot injury, I think Ooh, they were broke, planning on Rovig. news broken by the Montana Mint. Please source Montana Mint. <laughs> Please on all of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think they had that quarterback that they were going to try, and that would have been really interesting to see, especially going into that Weber game where they should have won that game, and into this Idaho State game where they should have probably won this game if they would have had a quarterback. Um, I don't know. It's been a frustrating season, and this Idaho State game just kind of was the same thing where you felt like they kept fighting and you have to give them credit. They scored the touchdown at the beginning of the fourth quarter to get it within 10. They get the field goal to get it within seven, but this game was just all missed opportunities. And the worst one was when Troy actually throws a dime on a corner route and it goes right through the wide receiver's hands, which would have put the cats up 14 to nothing. And then later in that drive, they missed the field goal and they come out of it with no points. Yeah. So it's just, it was a missed opportunity game. It's, it was hard to watch. And then afterwards, obviously, the same feeling that all the Grizz fans had is that, all right, we're done for the playoffs. Now we're – I already looked at the 2019 schedule today to see which games (laughs) I wanted to go to. It's like – it sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's – it's – I don't don't think that Cal Poly is an easy game for you guys. No, they've been playing well. Yeah. And it's – my boy Joe Pro – I get to watch my boy Joe Pro throw, though. Yeah, I I did – Jeff – uh, showed in his press conference said yeah, that he was 32. He, loves that guy. he was like, I think he's well, 32, right. which I thought was and, pretty funny. That was funny. I remember I was, it, was a few, it was a few podcasts ago I, I compared him to that guy on Kansas and I couldn't remember his name. Yeah. It was Perry Ellis. Oh, right. That dude who was there for like 20 years. Yeah. That's the Joe Prothrow of Cal Poly. <laughs> or the Joe Prothrow of KU Hoops, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a tough game. So it's going to be a tough game. I have a couple more thoughts written down. Um, so I guess one, I have a few more Grizz thoughts written down. Um, but on, on the Bobcats, I just want to ha- ask like a general question. And this is not meant to troll you, but... <laughs> well, when you start out something in, like that. In his press conference, Jeff Choate was very, very like, you know, I was, I th- I, we looked good, except, like, we didn't execute down the stretch. Like, I wish we'd done a little better, but overall, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's very positive. At what point should he not be positive anymore? This is, he's, oh, he's three games away from finishing up his third year in Montana. He's gone yeah. four and seven, five and six. He sits at four and four, and, I mean, it is not a guarantee that he's going to have a winning record by the end of this year, right? Like Not at all, no. Cal Poly, I think, uh, I don't know if you had a chance to look up the lines, but I'd imagine uh, that's close. You should beat Northern Colorado, and then the, the Cat Grizz game is going to be a toss-up. That's a toss-up, yeah. yeah. Um, no, but I think, we're, I think where you're coming from is, um, and I'm actually going to assume your question for you, is that is it time for him to stop being so positive and get down to the point where he's pissed off about losing? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, he seems <laughs> he seems pretty pretty happy about like the progress they make every week, but they've been making progress every week for three years, and they are uh, below five hundred team in conference right now. Yeah, and so the reason I could assume your question is because I was thinking the exact, and we did not talk about this before the podcast. No, the thing I was thinking the exact same thing while I was listening to that press conference. I was saying, why does he sound so positive? It sounded like he was kind of skirting some of the questions that they were answering and started talking about like church and all these other things that didn't have anything to do with the game. And it was so frustrating to listen to as a cat fan. I wanted him to be pissed off. I wanted him to be like, we, at some point we have to turn the table and win these games and this is going to be, you're right, this is going to be three years where we're going to be hovering. It's now guaranteed we're going to be hovering around 500. It's, it remains to be seen if it's a game over, two under, three under, whatever it is. It, it, I, I thought the same thing, and I was like, he, I wish he'd show some fire and some disappointment and just tell us what really is happening in the sense that they're, they need to figure something out. Yeah, and look, I mean, look, the Cats could 
run off their next three games to be seven and four overall and be on the playoff bubble and all of this means nothing. But like this seems to be a turning point, or not a turning point, but a, a important point in the season where you've just fired your offensive coordinator and or demoted your offensive coordinator, fired your quarterbacks coach, reshuffled your coaching staff mid season, and you still come away with like a disappointing loss at Idaho State and like. Granted, Idaho State's having a good year, but it's not like it's North Dakota State. Idaho State, Idaho State is not this. It's not this like perennial. <laughs> Idaho State is not this like perennial power. Like these no. are the teams that the Montana schools should be beating every year. And they had been. I mean, I think it was an eleven game win streak over yeah. Idaho State or something like that. Yep. Mm. All right. So I have some thoughts. I don't know. It was sad. Uh, I had one thought from the the Hauk press conference where they asked him about the game and and he said, "Well, we showed how well we could play in the first half, and the second half was probably a little bit of the other side of the coin from that." Uh, yeah, yeah, coach. Oh, you think? Yeah, we gave up forty six <laughs> points and scored zero. Uh, no doy. Yeah, that that is <laughs> that would be the opposite of playing well in the first half. That's about as bad as you can play, too. Yeah, and like I like that. Hauk is obviously super disappointed with his team. You can tell he's pissed off. Actually, the Skyline Sports guys, they were kind of talking trash on, I think it was Hauk before the press conference got started. Um, they were just saying how someone was super salty uh, the day before and and um, made a point like, well, yeah, uh, maybe the press... Sh- Maybe you should like expect the press to be asking these tough questions. Like I forget the exact exchange, but like Hauk is showing the right level of emotion, um, but it's still just embarrassing. This is as bad as it could have gone for Bobby Hauk these first his as in his first year back. This oh, is for the, sure. the I don't see how it could be any worse. The Grizz- he lost to Portland State at home, and then the Gr- ninety to thirty four points in the two games after that. The last time the Grizz had a three game losing streak was 1992 holy are you serious yeah george bush holy george bush was president that's unreal yeah holy cow i mean and that's why it's hard for us to remember what we're how old were we eight nine yeah eight eight yeah unreal so i love and it it is kind of we make fun of everybody's hashtags like when coaches try to use them or programs use them the grizzlies rtd return to dominance makes me laugh every time i see it now it's a slow return it's a yeah well (laughs) i wonder how well those halkamania shirts are selling right now and you hope that the person who did that didn't put their whole life savings into creating that and thinking that was going to be the their retirement plan because there, I, I don't go into egress, and I, I haven't really talked to a ton of Grizz fans since the game, but there has to be just a, a, a lack of Halkomania right now, like a real lack of it. There's just a lack of interest. I do think that everybody is holding their fire and giving him some time. But Oh, yeah, yeah, and I get that too. Like it's, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they should go out and fire him and find another person uh, to take over like they did with Stip, but it's, uh, you're right, though. It couldn't have gotten any worse. For his first year back, as and being a and being a legend like that too. So, let's just you know we, we were a little bit depressed. I think that's obvious, and um, I, I think it's time we look back to some better times. And our and, and we're foregoing first and ten, second and ten, whatever the hell we called it this year. We're foregoing that this week, and we're uh, so we're introducing a new segment called Remember When, because I've been reading this book on positivity. Just have to be happy. It'll change your whole outlook on life. And instead of dwelling on the negative, we decided let's do some positive. Remember when? I'm gonna let you go first. Ugh. Do you remember when the Bobby Houck led Grizz were 80 and 17 over a six-year stretch and made it to two national championships, losing but still making it to the championships, <laughs> making it to the playoffs. At least, at least you had playoffs. In the playoffs, that wasn't even a question. Every year. Uh, do you remember when that happened? Uh, I do. Not as happy for me to think about those days, but I could see where a Grizz fan would be pining for those days. What days are you pining for? Uh, my first one I wanted to look back at and just remember and, and uh, think about was 2011. Montana State had an unbelievable season. 
and I, something I never thought I would see during my lifetime, they went into that Cat Grizz game as the number one ranked team in the whole country. Think about that. I mean, that's when's the last time someone other than NDSU has been number one in the country? Yeah, it's been. You can't. Yeah. It's been a while. Impossible. It's probably been since 2001, uh, 2011. Yeah. So 2011, I mean, I know what happened when we were the number one ranked team and went into Cat Grizz. I'm not thinking about that. Only positive vibes right now in this segment. Number one team going into that game. We get a win against New Hampshire in the first round of the playoffs on a missed extra point. It was one of my favorite things I've ever witnessed live at Bobcat Stadium. It was cold as hell. Right off the right upright. Cats win by one. But then we go get shit canned by San Houston State on ESPN2 the next week. But I remember that. Going to the playoffs, being the number one team. 2011, what a year. What a year. What a year to remember. What a year. Jay, do you remember when, in uh, 2015, when NDSU, national champion, came into Missoula with Carson Wentz, who was a NFL MVP candidate last year, and Grizz were major underdogs. It looked like it was snowing if you watched the game on TV because the fires were so bad in Montana that ash was falling from the sky during the game. And then the Grizz were down and came back and beat the number one team in the country. Very exciting win. It seemed like the start of a new era. It was so much positivity in the Mint offices, in Missoula, uh, in Grizz Nation. That was a good day. That was, that was interesting. I remember that one. I remember it. was not happy about that, but do remember it and could see why you would really want that day back again. I'm going to go only one year removed from my first one. 2012 season. Oh, that was a season. 7-1 and one in conference. Only lost by three to Eastern Washington, who was ranked at the time. 11-2 and two overall. Win over Grizz in Missoula, 16-7. So that was awesome. We beat uh, Stony Brook in the first round of the playoffs. We lost to Sam Houston State again in the second round. But what made that year even more special was the Grizz went three and five <laughs> in, in conference, five and six overall. Man, I, I just wanted to go back to those times when the Cats were at the top of the conference and the Grizz were at the bottom. Those were such fond memories from 2012. So I, I remember 2012 very fondly. Yeah. No, I don't remember it that fondly, but... It was. Uh, we never said we both had to remember those years fondly. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it was a different time. Different optimism. It's a different in the time. Air. Yeah, I missed that. Oh. All right. Should we move on to? Uh... No, I have one more. Oh, okay. Let's more. hear it. I remember when Montana State used to put a quarterback behind center. <laughs> uh, back back when I was in school, Travis Lule, savior of the program, Grizz killer. Then we moved on. We had, a, we had Jack Rolovich who, God, at the time, I didn't really love Jack Rolovich as our quarterback, but I would give anything to have him have one more year of eligibility and it would have come back this year. Then we went to Denarius McGee, who was an all-time Bobcat. Then we had Dakota Prukop, who ended up playing FBS football for Oregon. I, just, I miss those days when we had quarterbacks that could throw the ball at Montana State. Yeah, I mean, I miss those days too because... As much as I love Troy Anderson, and I do, but... We do. All the, of us do. There's impossible not the to. Po- the, like the most interesting story and fun story for a uh, Montana, Montana State fan this year, in my opinion, has been Troy Anderson, who is a quarterback that has thrown one touchdown pass this entire season. Well, yeah. That's why I remember those Bobcat <laughs> quarterbacks of the past very, very fondly. Um, yeah, it's... It's sad. It's sad. But you know what? That really helped, I think, uh, with, our, with our morale here, uh, looking back at those years past that we maybe, the, maybe they're coming up on the horizon. Yeah, fingers crossed. Maybe we're seeing those again. Uh, I, I, only, I can only hope so. Maybe, maybe when we have Gresh Jensen, I'll get to add him to the list of Bobcat great quarterbacks <laughs> um, next year. So maybe, maybe we won't have to do that segment next year, um, and maybe we won't have to do it the next two weeks of the season as well. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> well, you know, let's 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 stop talking about our shitty teams and uh, let's go to our crowns of the week in the big sky. Okay. Do you want to go first you want, or second? You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. I'll I'll go first so you can continue to do your research. Yeah, I got mine. Don't worry. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Um, no surprise who my my crown is for the player. And he didn't have like the best game, but the poise he showed, the taunting of the Grizz crowd after he threw a touchdown pass in the fourth quarter. It's my boy Jake Mayermeyer. 
UC Davis, quarterback, number one in my heart, 36 of 48 for 292 yards and three touchdowns. But he came out fearless, made those adjustments in the second half. He was putting up that finger to the mouth thing, you know, what they do when they want to cry at the crowd? Yeah. That was pretty baller. The funny part, I guess, was after he did that finger to the crowd thing, they actually like panned out and there was like 20 people in the crowd. <laughs> it was like with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter and there was nobody in that stadium. But uh, I still loved it, so I'm giving Jake Mayermeyer my crown for probably like the 20th time this season. Yeah, he, he looked pretty good. Um, as Bobby Houck would say, he probably had a bad, bad uh, first half, but the opposite side of the coin happened in the second half. He made those adjustments at halftime. Um, my my crown, unfortunately, also goes to UC Davis, um, but I'm giving it to Mason Moe, uh, the linebacker. He's player of the week this week uh, for the Big Sky, but he just, you know, it's hard sometimes to tell if a player is dominating on defense because it doesn't always show up in the stats. Uh, they could be hurrying. They could be uh, just getting pressure that you're not you're – not, seeing in the stat line, but Mo had himself quite the day. He was all over the field when you were watching the game. He also had 13 tackles, seven solo tackles, five tackles for a loss, a forced fumble. Uh, he just seemed to be all over the place. Um, my least valuable crown member goes to Bobcat kicker Tristan Bailey, who went one for three <laughs> in field goals. And Whoa, I thought we were keeping this positive. And uh, got a, got a shout-out from... Jeff Choate, who said that he had a bad game during the press, con- press press conference. So good guy, Jeff Choate, throwing his kicker under the bus, uh, despite the fact that Choate can't record a qu- quarterback to play. Um, but my team crown of the week, uh, how can you give it to anybody but UC Davis? I know you'll talk about them. Yeah. I know you're giving it to them. So I'm going to give an honorable mention crown uh, to Idaho State for – doesn't it just seem insane that they're not ranked? A little bit. Yeah, I mean, 25? one of their losses to UC Davis and uh, the FCF, FBS school. What was that last Liberty. week? Um, so they've lost, Liberty. Idaho has three losses. One to UC Davis, one to FBS Liberty, and one to FBS Cal. All those games yeah. are on the road. Um, and they've just been putting up insane offensive numbers. So I don't think they're the best. I think they are... Properly ranked in the Big Sky, they're the fourth best team in the Big Sky, but they should be getting some more national attention. I agree. Yeah, and and you called it. Uh, I give it to UC Davis. Uh, what they did in that second half was unprecedented. We don't have to talk about it anymore because we've talked about it quite a bit on the podcast. But forty six second half points, forty six unanswered points. Oi. Oi. It's bad, man. Is that, that's two straight. That's two straight losses at Cat, uh, at uh, Washington Grizzly Stadium too, huh? Uh, no. Yeah. Three straight losses at Washington Grizzly Stadium? Two. Yeah, two two at Washington Grizzly. Yes. E. E. Yeah, not great. Not great at all. And it could be, it could be uh, three straight because the next game that they play at home is against the Cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be. What would you say the line in that game would be right now? Right now? Today? Uh, Montana State minus two and a half. Ooh, see, I think the Grizz would still be favored. I don't think so. I think so. We- Not after the last... If you're looking at... If the game was this weekend, the odds makers are looking at what Montana did the last two weeks against those schools. 90 to 34 point differential, 35. And Montana State played well against a top 10 team and a knocking on the door top 25 team. I think Montana State gets the nod. Uh, I just think we have identical records... In conference and out, it's. I think they'll be viewed as, and as we've talked about, both teams have their flaws, which I think are pretty yeah. equal. I'm not defending Montana State. Yeah, but no, they I have think... lost. They've lost to the number four team, the number five team, the number seven team, and the number twenty-eight. Right, team. but I mean, losing a bunch of games doesn't help get you favored in other games. It just shows that you lose a lot. Keeping of games. them close helps. Keeping them help, keeping them close helps, and that's something that the Grizz have not been doing. Yeah, so I, I bet you, I think it would be Grizz favored by by three. I think on a neutral site they'd think it was a toss up, but give Grizz the three point three points for being at home. Um, I don't know. All right. Well, that was a depressing half hour of my life. 
<laughs> I know, this is horrible. Yeah. Um, should we give, give some love to uh, the only positive thing in our life, the Finland Hotel? Hotel Finland. Oh, boy. Do we love the Hotel Finland. Nate, tell me if you're in Butte. Give, just give me a little rundown about where you would think about staying and, and why you would stay there. Well, I'm not going to be staying anywhere on the interstate. Those boring hotel chains, I can find those in any city around the world. But when I'm in Butte, Montana, I'm going to stay in historic Uptown, the second largest historic district in the U.S. And you guess where I'm going to be staying? The Hotel Finland. It's the best. It's the same price or cheaper as those boring hotel chains. It's locally owned and operated. It's one of us. It's Montana. You have to stay there if you go to Butte. Yeah, if you got so here's the thing: you bring, you bring in your wife, girlfriend to Butte. Uh, what's going to be more? Boyfriend. What's going to be more impressive? That oh hey, I got us a room at the Holiday Inn Express along the interstate. They have Yarn. a they have a cereal bar for breakfast in the morning. Or hey, I got us a, a suite at the Finland. It's right uptown. It's connected to the Cavalier Lounge which is one of the best bars in Butte. It's walking distance to all the good restaurants in Butte. We can end the night with a, a beer from the Smooth Operator, which is just infused with some beer, infused with some uh, delicious juices. I think that's going to get you a little more credit with your loved ones. That's going to get the juices flowing. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started on the juices from that Smooth Operator. So do yourself a favor. Do us a favor for the love of God. They're our sponsor, and they've been a great partner with The Mint. Uh, show them some love. Book your room at finland.com, F-I-N-L-E-N.com. It's the best place in town for drinks and conversation. Yeah. Give us, give us a break. <laughs> that ad reader's really tough. We're depressed, but, you know, it's something that puts a smile on my face every week is, is reading that Hotel Finland ad read. Love them. Thanks. I think we're probably better known for the Hotel Finland ad read than anything else we do in our podcast. Yes. Yeah, we're huge. Which is a good huge thing. Huge That just shows that if you if you advertise with us, uh, you're going to be the only thing that people like about our podcast. So yeah. you stand out. And you'll get lots of people <laughs> staying at your hotel or business. Obviously. Yeah. Of course. That, that goes without saying. <laughs> so we couldn't get anybody to come on and do an interview. Um, everybody's either gone into hiding. Grizz fans are looking forward to um, – Grizz basketball season. Montana State fans are basically now watching the NFL, the NBA, um, and we're watching the World Series because nobody cares about Bobcat basketball. Well, bad news, Nate. The World Series is Uh-oh. over. Well, that's what I said was. Oh, okay. And we're watching Got the it. World Series. More bad news, the Red Sox won. <laughs> that sucks. But anyway, let's go around the big sky. We're going to give our grades. It's one of our favorite segments to do. We're going to switch it up a little bit this time. We're going to go matchup by matchup for the week. Uh, We're also going to tell you the betting line and who we think is going to win the game. So we're going to start out. um, We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about our homeboy, Gage Gabrud, Gabrud? Yeah. From Eastern Washington. Uh, Thoughts and prayers? Yeah, it really sucks. So if you hadn't heard, uh, Gage Gabrud's career at Eastern Washington is over. Um, it's actually really sad. I mean, it's fun to see those guys play well. He had that connection with Cooper Cup. Uh, so Gage Gabrud is out, um, but Easter Washington does get a break. They are playing University of Northern Colorado this week. So it's EWU, UNC. So give me a little background on these two teams. Well, what's the line of the game? Do we have a line? The line of the game is Eastern Washington favored by 19. Oof. Okay. So here's a little background on the team. Eastern Washington, 6-2 and two overall, 4-1 and one in conference. Their losses have come at Weber State. That was, out, that was without Gage Cabrud and at Washington State earlier in the year. Otherwise, they've, they've beat everybody they played. Idaho, Southern Utah, the Bobcats, they blew Cal Poly out 70-17. to 17. Went on the road at Northern Arizona when Case Cookus was still in the lineup and then had a Division II game. I think they deserve an A overall, um, and I think they're going to absolutely dominate UNC this weekend, though I think that UN that nineteen point line is is a bit high. Um I'd be I agree, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely take the under on that. I would I would say northern Colorado covers. Yeah, so I'm giving um Ewu an A as well. They're they're still I think I mean we can't really give a 
grade going forward knowing the Gabriels that we have to look at what they've done so far and I yeah. give them an A so far I mean even that that game against Washington State seems even more impressive now that Washington State they just came out with those playoff rankings tonight and Washington State is like number eight in the country yeah well it's unreal so in Eastern it's just you know if you look at their point totals they've been putting up huge points against basically everybody um, yeah. except Weber State where they only put up six yeah. points um, um, so I give them an A. Okay, and then, Northern Colorado. Yeah. Uh, this is a student. A little pesky. Yeah, they they started out the year without turning in any homework and just zeros across the board, losing their first seven games. But they've run uh, wins over Northern Arizona and then on the road at Southern Utah this last weekend. Um, you got to be, imp- you know, even though this is probably still a student who's not going to pass uh, the semester, you got to be impressed with their past couple weeks, and I'm a a very in the moment guy, so I will give them a D plus just based on this little nice yeah. little two game win streak. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to give them a C. Um, I think we that's very high. Uh, maybe I mean they beat NAU and they beat Southern Utah, and Southern Utah was showing a little. A little bit of no, they really weren't. I was thinking they were showing a little bit of sign of life, but they really yep. haven't been. <laughs> yep, they're one and seven. So, <laughs> but they <laughs> never mind. But um, I'm giving them a C because they're just they're exceeding all expectations. Sure. Okay. And so I'm going to agree with you though, and I'm going to take UNC plus nineteen. Okay, good. I think for this yeah. next one, we'll do. Let's discuss the spread afterwards. We're we're learning this on <laughs> the fly. Good. That makes a lot let's more do sense. It. All right. Okay. So the next one we're gonna next one we're gonna look at is Weber State. The number what are they? Number five. Oh no, they're four. four. They're four. They the number jumped, four yeah. team in the entire country. Weber State is hosting the disappointment of the year, Sacramento State. Weber State is a twenty-four and a half point favorite oh. at home. Okay, well, these guys... That's not the biggest spread of the week, by the way. Number one in terms of national rankings in the big sky. They're number three uh, overall in the big sky. But, you know, I think you have to... It's an easy case to argue that they're the best team. It'd be crazy to give them anything but an A. There's a top tier in the big sky. These guys are in them. They have wins at North Dakota, home for Montana State, Eastern Washington. Uh, They lost at Northern Arizona... Um, wins at South Dakota, Northern Colorado, Cal Poly. They had a loss earlier in the year at Utah, FBS Utah. That's just, I mean, to me, that is a top-tier student. I'd give them an A without hesitation. Yeah, I'm giving Weber State D. I'm giving them the A as well. I mean, you can't really give uh, the number four team in the whole country yeah. any other but an A, and it still just hurts my heart that the Cats were up on them. Yep. And we're as a quarterback away from knocking off a team like that. And then with Sac State, you you uh, hinted oh, at God. it earlier. What disappointment? Zero and five in the conference, two and six overall. Their only wins this year came uh, a game against St. Francis, and not FCS St. Francis. It was like Division two II or three St. Francis. Illinois St. Francis. Yeah, and uh, at Northern Colorado, um, who we already discussed is not very good. Otherwise, they've lost all of their games. And it have not really been, it's not really been close. Um, no. So I, these guys have to be in, in. I'll give them a solid F. I was thinking F plus, oh, yeah. F no. plus maybe, but I don't know where you'd get that from. Um, no, they're an that's F. An yeah, F. they're they're an F. And I want to point out and pat myself on the back uh, that our guy from the JV Grizz fan podcast, Luke. Um, was giving me hell early in the year by saying that that Grizz win against Sac State was not impressive. And he kept saying, look at what they did last year. Look what they did last year. He told me I didn't know anything about football um, because I was saying that Sac State was, uh, their record last year was the product of a whole insanely easy schedule. And I have been proven right by seeing that Sac State, when they play a schedule that resembles anything but a JV schedule, is very bad. Yep. Well, so you don't know anything about football, but back. you're right on this. I do think I was right that, on that uh, one. so 24 points is the line with Weber State. Nate? Yes, 24 and a half. 24 and a half. The, I'm going to take Weber State, but the only reason I would hesitate is that Weber State has played in a lot of close games. Um, you know, certainly not blowout games. So, 
I'm a little hesitant just based on their offense, um, but I, I think there's enough discrepancy in talent between these two teams that I'm comfortable uh, going to Weber State with the 24 points. E, it's so many, but Sac State is so bad. I'm going to take Weber as well. So we're both doing minus 24 and a half on that. All right, the next game that we are going to look at is Northern Arizona going up against my favorite team, UC Davis. Um, Davis is, this is the biggest spread of the week. Davis is favored by 26 and a half points right now. Oh, God. That's so many points. Uh, and just to put this in perspective, Davis was favored by five and a half points uh, against the Grizz last week. I mean, uh, Northern Arizona is having a very difficult year. We were all up on them uh, early in the season. They beat FBS U- UTEP. They were favored against an FBS team on the road, beat them 30-10. to 10. Um, And then with the Cookus injury, things have just kind of gone downhill. They lost... Games to Iwu, Missouri State, Idaho State, Cal Poly. All those are kind of forgivable, but they also had a loss uh, to uh, Northern Colorado. Their wins this year, besides the UTEP game, Southern Utah and Weber. I still think that if you look at the Weber win, the UTEP win, those are very quality wins. Um, Their losses, but for Northern Colorado all against pretty quality opponents. Actually, I don't know where Missouri State ranks. I'm just kind of assuming they're decent. Um, This has been a huge disappointment, but they do have a few very nice wins in there. So I'll give Northern Arizona, uh, I guess it's weird. I'll give them a C minus, which is weird to give a C minus to a team that's three and five overall. Yeah. And with with the mystery of Cookus, it's like, what the hell is going on with NAU? Yeah. I'm, I mean, you and I are agreeing on so much. I think it's because we have so much in common with our teams right now. We're just, we're, we, I, it's a C minus. Like, they're not horrible. And if they had Cookus, they'd be a really good team. Yeah, maybe. C minus for Davis, or for NAU. And I mean, do we even need to talk about Davis? No, we've Davis? talked about Davis enough. They are an A plus. A plus, 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 yeah. plus, plus, plus. Yep. A plus across Unbelievable. the board. And it was a 26-point spread? 26 and a half. Don't forget that hook. Okay, I am going Northern Arizona in that game. <laughs> I am too. Yeah. And it'd be a lot more fun if we disagreed on something, but damn near 30 points is a little bit uh, too much for me to uh, put some money on. So, so far, the only game we've disagreed on was... No, we've agreed on... We've agreed all on all three of them. Okay, yeah. well, that's fun for the listeners. It's okay. Whatever. Yeah. What's the next game? North Dakota versus Idaho. So North Dakota is a seven and a half point favorite over Idaho. An interesting thing about this line, when it opened up, it was North Dakota minus three. So they were favored, but only by three. And throughout the last two days, the line has changed four and a half points. So a lot of money coming in on North Dakota. Um, and the line has moved out to seven and a half. Oh, and, and rightfully so. Um, Idaho has been the... So... Northern Arizona has been a disappointment, but they have a bunch of injuries that you can point to. No one has uh, adequately explained to me what happened with Idaho this year. Um, if you look at their record, they are 3-5 and five overall, 2-4 and four in the conference. They have uh, just a very weak's, weak resume. Um, their wins have come against Western New Mexico State, Portland State, and Southern Utah. Uh, Obviously, the Cats beat them, which is a check against Idaho. This is just a bad team. Based on everything, even though they have the same record as Northern Arizona, I'm giving Idaho uh, an F. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you have to give them an F coming down from an FBS like that. Um, it's just you don't think they're going to come down and just—it is humiliating. So yeah, I'm giving them an F. There's not much else we need to say about them. It's just been a—it's been a bad, bad season for Idaho. And then North Dakota is a little more interesting because they are—they're this independent team playing this schedule, so we don't cover them every week. But just to recap, um, they have wins over—it looks like Mississippi Valley State University, a loss at Washington. Uh, win at Sam Houston State, lost to Idaho State, wins over Northern Colorado, the Grizzlies, 
at Sac State, and then a, a loss over Weber this weekend. Um, I believe they are no longer ranked. Is that right? Correct. They're the first team out, 26. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's been a pretty good year for North Dakota. They have to be super happy with where they're at. They have a uh, very, very easy schedule ahead of them with Idaho, Portland State, and NAU. They should win out, assuming Cookus isn't coming back for that last game, um, which means they're likely a playoff team, in my opinion. I'll, I, right now, I will give them a B plus. Yeah, I think they came back and showed that they were a good team, and last year may have been a little bit of an anomaly with the injuries that they had. Um, I'm giving them a B, a uh, straight-up B, um, and a lot of that hinges on what they did to the to the Grizz. And they kept it close against Weaver last week, so, I mean, they're a good team. Yeah. Um, so I'm just giving them, I'm going to give them that B uh, and really impressed with what they did this year coming back from such a crappy season last year. Great. And what, right, was, what, was, the, what was the spread? Seven and a half North Dakota. Yeah, so I, I, would, I would definitely hammer North Dakota. Yeah, and I think everybody's doing that. Uh, I would have loved it at three, but I would take it at seven and a half as well. So we're agreeing again on that one. Perfect. All right, so this is the one that absolutely surprised me. Before we get to our home, our home state teams, our last one here is Idaho State at Portland State. Idaho State is only favored by seven points. Ooh. This one is where you make your money. Yeah, that is easy money. Idaho State, five and three overall, four and one in the conference. We've already gone through their schedule earlier in the pod. Uh, we're big on them. Their offense can put up points on anybody. And Portland State, you know, they have put together a nice little season. Um, four, yeah, they're not winning any games last year, any conference games last year. Yeah, they're 4-4 four and four this year with 3-2 and two, uh, in the conference. Their three conference wins at Montana. Like, that, they should raise a banner in Portland for winning a game <laughs> on the road in Montana. Um, and then Northern Colorado, Sac State. So... Looking at these two teams, Idaho State to me is, uh, I guess we have to give them an A. That's an easy A. Yeah. That's an easy A for Idaho State. What they did this year, what they've come out, their offense is so good. Yeah, no, it's... That's an A. They're, yeah. It's just their... And then Portland's... Yeah. Yeah, the Portland they're State... They're a good team. Yeah, Portland State, I think, based on kind of their change of the past year, um, I guess... I'd, C minus. C minus. Now I'm going to give them a B minus. Oh, wow. The, I don't know. They beat Montana, which isn't, I mean, it's a good win, and Montana's nothing this year. North, Northern Colorado's nothing ever, and Sac State is a joke. So they got their wins over three. I mean, I shouldn't say Montana's like an easy game. It's at Washington Grizzly and everything, but Northern Colorado and Sac State, not hard teams. They're going to get their ass kicked the rest of the way. Idaho State at North Dakota, home against Elu. I'm giving them a C minus because they're winning some games, but they're still nothing. Nothing to be scared of. Yeah, but I think their record, I think they're even better. I think you have to look just at their conference record because their non-conference schedule was two FBS schools in Nevada and Oregon, and then a game yeah, against they, College of Idaho. And But then they got beat by 20 by Montana State at home and let Idaho beat them 20-7. to Yeah, that Idaho loss is bad. That's why I gave them a yeah. minus on the B. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I go C plus on that one. And I am, I think we both are absolutely hammering Idaho State minus yeah. seven. Idaho State's going to destroy them. That's the condo game of the week. Yep, the condo is Bet your whole condo line. on that one. All right, let's get to our Montana teams really quickly here. University of Montana going to Southern Utah. Montana is favored right now by four and a half points. Oof. So we've gone... You know, into detail on what Montana's done this year, I will give them a. They're four and four overall, two and three in conference. I'm going to give them a C minus. Um, and Southern Utah, it has to be an F. One and seven overall, one and four in conference. They're one win coming at a pretty shitty Sacramento State team. What are your grades yeah, for I'm those going, two teams? I'm giving Southern Utah an F. That one's pretty obvious. Uh, and you gave UM a C minus. You said yeah. I'm giving U of M a D plus. Yeah, it's, those last two losses have dropped them from a C to a D to a below average um, D plus for UM. Uh, it's not like we expected a ton out of them this year. We knew they had a new coach and everything, but the way they've been losing, it's a D. It's a D plus. Yeah, and it, that was 
the Grizz are favored four and a half on the road. There's nothing that they've done over the past month to me to, to indicate that they should be favored um, against anybody on the road. Southern Utah is particularly bad. So I would not bet on this game. Um, <laughs> but if I had to bet on it, I would take Southern Utah. Okay, so we're going to disagree. I, I think if we have to bet on this game, which I, don't, I wouldn't either, um, I'm taking UM uh, minus four and a half. I think they win this game. Okay, so that's our first I think first, Southern Utah is just bad. First our first one, Disagreement. Yeah. Yep. And then finally, we're going to go to our last game on the schedule, Montana State hosting Cal Poly. Montana State right now is a 10.5 point favorite actually at home. And you thought that would be a little bit closer. You mentioned that earlier yeah. in the podcast. But Ooh. it's 10.5 right now. Montana State is favored. Okay, well, you're, the G-chain's coming out because that is my lock that Cal Poly will cover 10.5 points against the Cats. All I right, just don't think the, the Cats have any ability to, to put up big points um, on anybody. Cal Poly, 3-5 and five overall, 2-3 and three in conference. Their losses have been against pretty good teams. Um, their loss, Cal Poly's losses are at North Dakota State, Weber State, Eastern Washington, Montana, and UC Davis. <laughs> and so, obviously, Mon- that Montana loss doesn't look as good as it did a while ago, but that's a really tough schedule. Their wins, uh, not super impressive. Northern Arizona with an injured Cookus, Sacramento State, and then Brown. Um, I don't know. What would you give these guys? You go first. Um, I'm giving, like, when you look at those losses, it's kind of crazy that uh, that's, that's the schedule. Yeah, but they're still dumb. losses. I know, and I get that. And then, and then they play Montana State and Idaho State, so two, two rough games after. They easily have to have the hardest schedule in all of the big sky, but we didn't look at the schedule. We don't look at the, the, who they lost to. It's the amount of losses. But I'm still going to give them a C. Um, C minus. Yeah, I'm with you with a C minus. C minus. Um, they've gotten blown out by the good teams, like 70 to 17, 48 to 28, and 52 to 10. Like they've been getting blown out by those teams. Um, and I'm going to actually drop, yeah, C minus. We'll go C minus for, for Cal Poly. And, and it's a scary game this week. Yeah, and then the Cats, 4-4 four and four overall, 2-3 and three in conference. Their one, I guess, signature win this year would be the game against Western Illinois, which was a very nice win. Other wins have been against uh, Wagner, Portland State, and Idaho. The best thing I think you can say about the Cats is that they've played some good teams tough. Um, they've almost yeah. won some games, but... Yeah, we're giving grades out. This is not, to me, a loss is a loss. And if you fail a test, you fail a test. So I'm also giving the Bobcats, I'll give them a a C with the half grade up on the, the Grizz for beating the two like opponents that they've faced. Okay, and I was going to, I was going to, um, so I, I gave the Grizz a D plus, but I'm giving the Cats a straight up C. So okay. straight up C, um, like you said, it's the way they've lost. They've kept it close. Basically, to, I mean, it was 17, I think, to Eastern, and they got absolutely canned by South Dakota State. But against uh, Weber, against Idaho State, they're, they're in the games, and they're not getting blown out. They're not surrendering 90 points in two weeks. Um, so I'm going to give them a C. It's been disappointing, but I, they're not... They're not horrible. Yeah, they're not good. They're definitely not good. They're right in the middle. Yeah, so I'm giving them a C. So that's our grades for the week. I'm also going to take Cal Poly plus 10.5. I'm not going to G-chain it because I G-chained um, <laughs> Davis going undefeated, so yeah. that was a weird G-chain. But uh, I'll go Montana State plus 10.5. So the only game that you and I disagreed on was the Grizzly game. I'm taking the Grizz minus 4.5. You're taking Southern Utah plus 4.5. Yep. Before we get into the, the final segments here on, on the Montana Mint Sports Podcast, just want to give a shout-out to the other folks within the Montana uh, podcast family. We got the Grizz Fan Podcast, uh, which is on this same feed, hosted by Mike and Brent and Luke. Uh, they are doing an awesome job. Um, any, any Grizz fan should listen to it. Any Cat fan should listen to kind of learn how the game of football is played. Also, check out uh, Dan West with Montana Middle. He's got a, a nice politics podcast uh, where he's basically interviewed every big name in the state. So as Election Day is coming up, 
ahead of us if you want to hear a long-form interview with most of the candidates that are on the ballot in terms of uh, Kathleen Williams and Matt Rosendale. He's got Democrats and Republicans on there, and he's really the only person sitting them down doing a, a nice long interview where you get to get a better sense of who these people are as, as people. Um, give, it a, give it a listen. If you're sick of politics, maybe uh, listen to it later in the year once these commercials are off the TV. Um, that being said, Nate, I know we, we, we are the official podcast of a lot of organizations, a lot of people, a lot of great athletes, so I don't want to shortchange them. Let's start out with, uh, with the Stamps. All right, so Stamps Watch, we're the number one Stamps podcast again in Northern, uh, North America. Well, maybe not North America. Probably definitely North America, United but States. definitely United States, yeah. yeah. Definitely Montana. Um, oh, for sure, Montana. Almost sure United States, top 10 overall everywhere worldwide. Yes. Cool. So, so everything was looking pretty good for our Calgary Stamps. We came off a win against Johnny Football and the Montreal Alouettes back on October 8th. And then since then, things have been going a little downhill, a little tough. So first off, they lost to Travis Lulay and the BC Lions on the 13th. Not good. Not good. Then the Saskatchewan Rough Riders came to town and they lost to them. Not good. Mm-mm. And again, a reminder, all they need to do is win one more game and they basically have home field advantage throughout the playoffs going into the Grey Cup. Then the Blue Bombers from Winnipeg come to town last Friday, beat the Stamps 29-21. I'm getting a little bit nervous. This is a Stamps team that was on fire early in the season. They've lost three straight. I've never, as as a fan of the Stamps, I've never seen this before. They're actually in the newest power rankings that are put out Number four. Oh. Number four. Out of Last how week many teams? Nine. Okay. <laughs> they, they were number one all the way through week 18. Then they dropped to two, stayed at two. Now they're all the way down at four. Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and some team with an R um, are the Ottawa Red Blacks, which sounds like a really bad name. Um, yeah, it seems like that would offend It everybody. seems like a really, really problematic name, but... Um, <laughs> So number four in the, with a 12-5 and five ranking, uh, things aren't looking great. But if they win this weekend against the BC Lions again, Travis Lule, uh, they will clinch that home field advantage. I have, I have faith in my stamps. I have faith in Alex Singleton. He again led the team in tackles last week with eight. Um, we're going to try and get him back on the podcast at least some point before the Grey Cup. Because I am guaranteeing, here's my second G chain, my stamps are going to the Grey Cup this year. Oh, I love it. Set two so. G-chains in one, in one uh, pod. Jerry's got it written yes. down. Well, uh, back to American football. I mean, we love the Stamps. Uh, love them. But we got some big news brewing in South Florida. We did an Osweiler watch. Last time we checked in with Brock, he had a, a heroic overtime victory over the Chicago Bears where we were tweeting out gifts of Brock left and right. He, since then, since Nate's been uh, on his European vacation, he started two games. Uh, a loss to the Lions, but Brock, he had 239 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, with 114.9 QB rating. Uh, and then he had to turn around on five days, go back to Houston, which, remember, he played there for a year, so he probably... You know, he had to deal with all the fans of his asking for tickets and autographs and uh, putting together the uh, I'm coming home video that I'm sure they played (laughs) on the scoreboard. So he's a little distracted. Uh, Still not a terrible game by Brock's standards. He had uh, 241 yards passing an interception, but they got blown out 42 to 23 against the Texans. Uh, It seems like Brock's year. I think there's a lot of buzz. A lot of buzz around the league that Brock uh, should maybe continue being a backup quarterback around the league or maybe starting for a shitty team like Buffalo. Um, oh, yeah. They you, wish that he, that Buffalo wishes that he had been available when they had to bring Derek Anderson in. Oh, my God. Um, to be their quarterback yeah. <laughs> last night against the uh, Patriots. So good for Brock. I think that we've established that he may not be a uh, a quarterback that will bring you to the Super Bowl, but... He might be an average enough quarterback where if he's on an awesome team, he won't cost you a Super Bowl. Um, or maybe he'll just keep signing on uh, 
you know, as a backup for a career and stay healthy and live in cool cities like Miami and just cash these big checks and keep his brain in check and allow us to do the Osweiler watch uh, for years and years to come. That's what we can only, we can only hope for that. I mean, we love Brock and we love seeing him play, um, but we want this to go on forever. So please stay healthy. Please stay healthy, Brock. (laughs) All right. Well, that was the weirdest podcast we've ever done. Um, We had nothing really to play for, like we talked about earlier, but we had fun, right? Yeah, and I think we'll be brainstorming some non-Cat Grizz stuff to talk about over the next few podcasts, and then we'll gear things back up for Cat Grizz. Oh, yeah. In-depth analysis, as always, for the game that matters, the Super Bowl of Montana. Yeah, so it'll be fun. We just got to get through these next couple weeks before we get to Cat Grizz, which is still something I am looking forward to so much, um, regardless of the... Uh, stakes at hand when that game comes around it'll still be fun so we'll get some good segments for you next week we'll talk about what we can hopefully we can get a couple wins for the montana teams and get off this little drought we've been having in montana um with wins lately it's been like what four weeks yeah three weeks it's not forever it's not good for the for the business yeah it's not good for business at all so all right (laughs) we've had to lay off a lot of staff we are basically struggling to keep the lights on right now because of how bad our teams are but it's all good we'll get back to it and uh i think that's it for this week cool we'll talk to you next week all right see you guys